Praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. This is our Hebrews Bible study here on a beautiful, sunny Sunday, uh, Monday morning, rather, in the piney woods of Northeast Texas. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in my office at Crossway Church, and I'm glad to be sharing God's Word with you. I pray and I encourage you to get your Bibles and follow along with us so that you might learn the wonderful truths of God's Word. You know, it's one thing to get together and just hear somebody read the Bible or somebody quote the Bible. It's an entirely different thing to leave a Bible study or to leave a worship service equipped with the knowledge of Christ, learning Christ. Are we actually learning Christ? I watch so many things, I see so many things and, and have through the years that, that really we think please God, but... It doesn't please God. He's not pleased without faith, and that being the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And we can make things up along the way as we go, but he's given us the measure of that faith and no other faith. And as long as that faith, that faith he gave us, that measure that was measured out of the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us, as long as that measure of faith is keeps as its object what it was in for us to receive it, then it will work properly for us. But when we venture out and begin to try to use that measure of faith in other avenues, on other things, it won't function. It will not function. Again, I'm Pastor Curtis. Glad you're here with us today. It's Hebrews chapter 2, and we will... I will read verse 14 and we'll try to uh, work our way through this today. There's so much to be said, so much to be learned of our Jesus Christ who is the author and the finisher of our faith, the one who overcame sin, overcame the devil, the world, and everything that stood contrary to us all in his cross, not in what we do today. In his cross, he made an open show of all principalities and powers triumphing over them in his cross. Now, isn't it amazing that the Bible can tell us that in Colossians 2, 14 through 16, and yet we'll still try to go out and get caught up in things trying to defeat the devil or to, to, to give the devil a black eye or to, or to uh, call ourselves uh, thinking that we've got to do something to, to get triumph when Jesus has triumphed already. And isn't it amazing how many preachers are out there telling us that Jesus had to go to hell to get the keys of death and the grave and, uh, and hell from, from the devil when the Bible tells us right here he did it through his death. See, this is how God works. This is why Paul calls this the great mystery. Jesus, a man dying on the cross that looks like that whatever power he had before, he has it no longer but in all reality, the power that he had that called Lazarus out of the grave and fed the thousands with a handful of food was the exact same power that he laid his life down with. No different. And the exact same power that he raised it up again by the glory of the Father. Make no mistake about it. What Jesus did at Calvary on the cross in his death, that which seems most most insignificant and belittled by men and our 
our concept and our thoughts about the matter was that before we're saved or when we heard about it before we're saved and the people that stood there that day, we just esteemed him stricken of God. God must have struck him dead because he wasn't really pleasing. But in all reality, it was by grace through faith that God was working in him even on the cross through the eternal spirit offering that precious blood that we might be the children of God also. Hallelujah. He did that at the cross, not after. Something the Lord has shown me recently is the only thing the resurrection justified was that the cross worked. The only justification of the resurrection was of the cross, that it worked. Hallelujah. That's what the resurrection was all about, that Jesus had actually been who he said he was, carried out the work he was sent to do, and it worked. Hallelujah. And it's the only work that God will work through. And we need to understand that today. That's why we preach the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Verse 14, Hebrews chapter 2. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death, and you need to go ahead and just say that today, through death, not through death and then something else, through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. It is an amazing thing to even think and to know and to understand it was a reality that the devil had the authority over death. Now, I want you to think about that. The devil has the authority over all the world. I've got a scripture here for you, 1 John 5 and 19. And we know that we are of God and the whole world lies in wickedness under the control of the wicked one. The devil had the keys of death and hell. You need to understand that. Jesus did not have to go to hell to get the keys away from him. Do you understand that? Jesus says in Revelation 1, he's the one who has the keys. Let's go there and look at that. Revelation 1.18, Jesus says, now get this today, and, and I pray that you'd become more of a Bible believer than you are some man follower. Follow the word of God, for there you will find truth, and when you find and know that truth, truth will make you free. It will liberate you. If you're a Christian, not just from sin, but it will liberate you from confusion. It will bring clarity to your mind, to your heart, so that you can see a brighter light that God is shining on the only path He guides you on, and that's the path of righteousness that He can guide you on, guide you into, if you're hearing Him properly and seeing righteousness. Proverbs 12 and 17, never get tired of hearing it. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. That's why it's important that we heed what Jesus said. Take heed how you hear and what you hear. If you're hearing wrong or if you're hearing the wrong thing or if you're hearing the right thing but you're hearing it in the wrong way, 
it's not going to end well for you. Because if I'm not hearing it right in my heart, I'm not accepting the truth as what the Bible says it is. Or if I'm not hearing the truth from someone as the Bible says it is, then the picture there is not going to be that of righteousness. And listen very, very carefully. The Christian does not go from faith to faith just because they're a Christian. Christians can be cut off. Christians can be severed. Christians can be plucked out. Christians can remove themselves from the Lord, Galatians 1.6. Christians can fall from grace, Galatians 5.1 through 4. Uh, we do not go from faith to faith unless the righteousness of God is being revealed to us in the gospel. And listen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. But all of God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. Write these things down. Don't just say that's interesting. That won't get it. It's got to get in you. It, it, it's got to be more than interesting. It's got to become your way of life. It's got to become that which you offer to almost all of those who think they're living for God who are really blind today. You've got to begin to give them these scriptures that... All of God's words must be in righteousness. And His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel to those who go from faith to faith. Romans 1, 16 and 17. This is dynamic. This is most powerful. This is most simple. And only a religious heart would reject it for the sake of how I feel about something else or what this over here does to my emotions. And a guy told me one time, he said, you might as well quit talking to me about Jesus and, and, and all these things you're talking to me about because my daddy was a Mormon and I'm a Mormon. I'll die a Mormon. You can't tell me Mormonism is not real because those, they came to my house. Those Mormons came to my house and we cried together. Do you see the thought? That's what he was basing what was right on, that they made him cry. My Lord, I can slap you upside the head and make you cry. I can, I can make you emotional by getting up and manipulating you with stories from the pulpit to try to move your heart in a direction instead of just preaching the gospel and letting God the Holy Ghost move your heart in a direction. Come on, somebody. If you're getting mad about now and say, well, we don't need stories, well, do we need stories or do we need the stories in the Bible that point to Christ, teach us Christ, that we might learn Christ, that we might walk with Christ, that we might follow Christ, that we might minister Christ? What is it we really need? See, the church is in a horrible, backslidden place today, not unlike Israel of old, exactly like Israel of old. And we need to know that today. Jesus says in Revelation 1.18, I am he that lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive now forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Keys speak of authority. That which the devil had, he has no more. Jesus had. He didn't go to hell. How many of you have been taught in the past that Jesus had to go to hell and, and wrestle the devil for the key? No, Jesus, the Bible tells us through his death here in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 and Colossians 2 14 through 16 that Jesus 
took the keys, took the authority of death away from the devil through his death. See, if we don't see the cross properly, then we'll follow those that teach Jesus really didn't finish the work. And we'll end up believing the same lie Adam and Eve believed. Did God really say, well, you've got a Bible, my friend. And when the devil whispers in your ear that, well, men wrote that and down through the ages and blah, 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 blah. We need to make sure we're sticking with the word of God. The words of our faithful God in this holy book we call the Bible tells us that Jesus destroyed him that had the power of death through his own death. I hope you get that the devil, but he no longer has the power of death. Jesus stripped him of that power, took the keys away from him in his death, in that which seemed most insignificant, most unlikely. How could God be in that? That's what they thought when they looked upon the cross. That's what many think today when they hear the cross. How could God be in something of if that was his son taking his own son's life for, for some guilt of someone else, it's because they don't understand the love, the mercy, nor the grace of Almighty God. And we need to understand today that when Jesus said it was finished, it was finished. And to follow someone that teaches Jesus had to go to hell to do something different other than release those who were believers, but the blood of animals wasn't sufficient enough to get them in through the pearly gates of heaven. Come on now. He went and led those that were captive. He captured them unto himself now because they were waiting on him. You need to understand that. And the shedding of his blood is what allowed him to defeat all principalities and powers. And the Bible says, let's go back to it, Colossians 2, 14 through 16, tells us that he make, made an open show. I hope you can see the open show today. He made an open show of all principalities and powers triumphing over them in his cross. Not you shouting at the devil during praise and worship. Quit talking about the devil unless you're teaching what Jesus did to him at the cross. Quit talking about the devil. He doesn't deserve the time of day. He doesn't deserve our lip service. He doesn't deserve our thoughts. He doesn't deserve blame for when we're messing up in life. He, he loves for us to blame him. Christian, quit blaming the devil. You have a flesh, and if you don't understand that the cross is the only object of faith God has given humanity where the lost are saved, child of God, then you're going to keep blaming the devil, and really to blame the devil is to glorify the devil because his authority has been stripped of death. Not just death physical, the death that's there spiritual from those who are lost and don't have the knowledge of God, or the death that's there among Christians because they're serve, trying to serve God under the law of doing and doing and, and God's not pleased unless I do. If I, if I don't eat this and I don't eat that and, 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 and I only serve God on this day and all these other things that put us under law. 
Think about that. Quit glorifying the devil. He's not worthy of our thoughts. He's not worthy of our lip service. He's not worthy of blame once we're a child of God because Jesus has overcome him. It's our own self that's to blame. The Bible says in James that we're led away under the lust of our own flesh. Yes, he's involved, but he can't control us any longer if our faith is in that which destroyed, rendered him inoperative in our lives as far as separating us from God. And every Christian is separated from God at this very moment from fellowship with God if their faith is not in the cross. And the book of Galatians teaches that in a kindergarten fashion. I hope you've learned that. That you can't just serve God any way you want to. You serve God in righteousness. Outside of righteousness, God is not being served. Oh, he's, everything is serving God, but only that which serves God in righteousness can bear forth the fruits of righteousness. Amen, Brother Curtis. But he didn't come just to destroy the devil who had the power of death, but he came in verse 15 to deliver them who through fear of death were all our lifetime subject to bondage. We were slaves to the bondage of the fear of death. Why do you think there's a thousand, ten thousand religions? Because we're spirits. We are spirit and soul who live in a flesh body. And God put eternity in our hearts. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. He put eternity in our hearts. We know that this is not it. Even the liars who say this is it and blah, blah, blah. That's only a rejection of what they, are, they know to be true because it's in us. It's in all of us. God put eternity in our hearts. He gave us a creation to look at so that we would know there is a creator. He gave us a conscience. The laws of God are even written in the hearts of the Gentiles. Romans chapter 2 verse 14 and 15. That's why even a lost person without Christ, what we do under the law, or even a Christian whose faith is not in the cross, we, 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 we excuse sins when they're benefiting us, but the moment they stop benefiting us, we accuse each other of sins. And that's what happens under law. And Romans 2, 14 and 15. Check it out for yourself. But Jesus came and delivered us who through the fear of death were all our lifetime subject to the bondage of the fear of death. Fear of dying, lost. Fear of being separated from God, whoever God is. And, and, and you know, just, just not knowing. The, listen, when a soul is not sure, a soul is confused about the Creator, about creation, then there will never be peace. There will never be assurance. There will never be a stillness of soul. That it just won't exist until we come to God through faith in Christ and the blood he shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And let's move on this morning. But he came to deliver us from the fear of death. And let's don't go back to death. And Christians can, Paul said in Romans 7, 9, you hear me quote it all the time. He says, I was alive once without the law. Well, in Paul's life, he was never not under the law. He was never alive without the law because he was born under law, just like everybody else in that day. 
as, as, as Jews and, 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 and people in that day, were the Jewish people were born under law. You need to understand that. He was never alive without the law until he was born again. If you can't get that, you're not going to get much, a whole much of a much else in Romans 6, 7, and 8. He says, but when the commandment came, and that simply means when he turned back to the commandment again and started trying to live as a Christian, spirit-filled Christian, with the call of God on his life, when he started trying to live under the law again, he says, sin revived. That means the sin nature. The word there is the noun for the sin nature. The old man revived and Paul said, I died. Well, listen, if he was alive once without the left, if this happened to be talking about before Paul's conversion, before he was saved, how, how could he have died when he was already dead? So you get that? The simplicity of this. Don't listen to those people who say that before, uh, th Paul wrote this about before he was saved. No, you can't die. You, listen, you can't die. You're already dead. I was alive once without the law. That's when I was born again. But when the commandment came at me and I grabbed a hold of it, the sin nature revived and I died. Well, Paul didn't fall physically dead. He means the same thing the Lord Jesus meant through the Apostle John when he wrote to the church there in Sardis and said, you've got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Don't think for a minute, my friend, because you're a Christian that you can't be dead. That means simply that you're separated in fellowship. You can be singing the high praises of God. You can be giving tithes and offerings, doing all kind of works, and the church in Sardis had a name that they were alive, but they were dead. There were no fruit being bare. Oh, they thought they were. But God didn't see any fruit being bare because they were no longer hearing and receiving properly, which is through faith in the sacrifice of Christ. You read it, Revelation 3, it'll shock you unless you're listening to these preachers who've twisted, they've gone to seminary for years and learned how to twist scripture and to take the trembling of God's word away. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful what you're hearing. It is written there for us to receive it as, as it is written. And the only men, women, boy and girls on the planet today who hear what the Spirit of God is saying are those who receive the word as it is written. You need to understand that. It's okay to go get help in understanding the scriptures, but when they take away the trembling of God's word, when they take away that which would cause us to have a, a fear of God, the fear of the Lord in our hearts, then we're on dangerous ground. But he also came to deliver us through who through the fear of death, the fear of being separated from God, the fear of going to a place called hell, we're all our lifetime subject to slavery. Slavery. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. And this does not simply mean exclusively those born of the flesh of Abraham, although it does mean that. 
Jesus didn't take on the nature of an angel. Jesus didn't come as an angel. He didn't come to minister to angels. He didn't come to save fallen angels. He took on himself, the Bible says here, he took on him the nature of the seed of Abraham. And yes, it does speak of Jesus coming through the lineage of the Jewish people, birthed and raised up through Abraham, the father of faith, the father of Israel. But it also speaks of Gentiles because Galatians 3 and 29 tells us in plain writing that if we are Christ's, and if you're born again, you're Christ, that you are Abraham's seed. So he took on flesh and blood that he might, through his death, remove the fear of death, take the power of death away from the devil, and he did it all in his death. He took not on him the nature of angels. Let me say it again. Jesus didn't come as an angel of the Lord. He didn't come to minister to angels. Angels ministered to him. He didn't come to save angels. He came to save men. Men could not save themselves. It took a man to redeem men. And I know the word of faith teachers Ken Copeland even goes as far to say if he would have had the knowledge, and it's amazing a man could even make this statement, and anybody not know it is a satanic thought and word. But he has said and teaches that if he would have had the knowledge of Christ, he could have been the one that carried out the works of the Redeemer. Number one, nobody's ever came from heaven <laughs> but Jesus. Nobody's ever been without sin because you have to be without sin to pay the price for sin. So number two, they teach Jesus became a sinner. Well, if he did, we're not saved. Nobody's still going to heaven because it had to be somebody without sin. It had to be somebody with life because a dead man can't pay for anything. A dead man can't walk, sing, talk, breathe. A dead man is dead. A dead man, and spiritually to be dead, which is what all lost people are, is to be separated from God in their trespasses with no way to God except the one avenue he's offered, and that's faith in the blood. And even under the old covenant... There was only animal blood there that portrayed, pointed to, symbolized, typified that which would later come in the person of the Son of the living God who gave his life at Calvary, shed his blood so that he could deliver all who would ever believe upon him and he could go into paradise and take them captive unto himself and lead them out. Let's make sure we understand this. There is not another Savior that could have existed outside of Jesus. Man had to redeem man because man had to pay the price. Man was guilty. So God looked out and there was not a righteous man among all men because all men were dead, dead in their trespasses, separated from God. A dead man, keep it simple, can't do anything in the eyes of God but be dead and separated from him. 
God became a man. He sent forth His only begotten Son, who is God, but lived as a man, led by the eternal Spirit, offered, offered His blood through the eternal Spirit, God in Him, reconciling sinners to Himself. Hallelujah. Jesus came and did that for you and for me. Because it took a man to redeem man, but it had to be a sinless man, not another sinning man, not a man that became a sinner. For a man that would become a sinner would be guilty as the rest of us. He took our sins upon him, the sinless one who lived a sinless life and became our perfect sin-bearing offering that you and I might escape the grip of the devil who had the power, the authority over us who were dead, separated from God in our sins, a place of death. But praise be to Jesus. We're alive and well today in Christ Jesus. And no matter how insignificant things may look in our life, how it may seem like God's not doing anything, remember, my friend, that's exactly what the cross looked like. And when your faith is in Christ and Him crucified, then God is at work in your life. And you need to know that. And if your faith is not there, that's why he's allowed you to see this broadcast. If your faith is not there, all God's going to be able to do for you is point you to the right place where he can begin a work or if you're a Christian and you've strayed, he can get back to work in your life. Outside of that, it's all pretend and make-believe. And you don't have anything to stand on more than a Mormon or a Jehovah's Witness or a Catholicism type of unbelief. But we have the truth of God's Word to stand on. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. The Lord has been good to us to find us wayward as the sheep and bring us back to his pasture. Oh, that pasture, that narrow path of righteousness. Glory be to God. Faith in Christ and Him crucified. Thanks for all of you who are helping us with the Bibles. I'm about this week to mail 14 Bibles because uh, we had a problem with our order last week, but we're staying on track. Thank you so much for your giving. And if you haven't given yet and the Lord's stirring your heart to give to these expositor study Bibles going in to the inmates in the prison system who are, by the way, requesting the Bibles. And I have 14 there ready to be shipped this week. They write and they ask for those Bibles, those Bibles telling us that they've never seen a Bible like this that helps them understand the Scriptures. And do you know why that is? Because the notes in these Bibles point to the work of Christ at Calvary. Praise God. We're living in a time like never before, my friends, when the truth of the sanctifying truth of the Lord Jesus Christ has come into the church again. Don't be one of the ones that let it die down. Press on in. Help us publish the message of the cross that God says is the power of God. The message of the preaching of the cross. Hallelujah. God bless you. We love you. You can sow at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950.
God bless you. Until I see you next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.